Hey everyone, I'm Charlie Shrem, and this episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Electronium and Permian Chain. Check them out more later in the episode. What's up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you're listening to Untold Stories, where twice a week we dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to find out how this movement truly came to be. We're talking to leaders who are the ones you know about, the ones you don't know about, but really we're talking to people that I know are the real reasons that this industry is here today. And one of those people is my good friend, Gabby Abed. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Charlie. It's good there's, to be here. Oh my God, there's so much I wanted to, I, we could talk about, but I don't, I don't know where to start. So, but before the show, we were talking, you know, very quickly, we were talking about different like passporting and what we saw with, with COVID and even before that is a lot of people started buying secondary citizenship or strategically doing things so their children or their wives or their, their partners or whatever have, you know, jurisdictional shopping or have different citizenship. And, and furthermore, then we, we started talking and I'm just trying to catch everyone up really quick. We were talking about how in to become like a Swiss citizen, you actually not only do you have to fall, like live there for 20 years or it's crazy, but like your neighbors can go and fight your citizenship. Your neighbors, if they don't like you, can go and they have to actually approve that. Like a block warden type of thing. And in fact, uh, our, our mutual friend Mo, who I've had on the show, told me, told me crazy stories about how if you want to even move into like a street in Amsterdam, th there's like a block kind of... It, so let's talk about that for a second with society, because you really made it your life mission, at least for like the past 10 years to uh, talk about like powering local, not just entrepreneurs, but people to solve challenges in the Caribbean, but also all over the world. You've been living in Dubai, you've, you have access and you know, everyone and everything, but like, let's talk about society for a second. What would a society be like if your neighbors had to approve whether you could like live there or not? Well, I think in the context of that, you know, we could look at um, various experiments, if you will, that we're seeing around the world with something like the citizenship by investment program. And uh, a lot of that's where a lot of countries, where a country would opt to sell its passport um, in exchange for an investment into the country by an investor. And if you look at that model, what you would often see is uh, a, a someone from a foreign jurisdiction coming in, making an investment, getting that secondary passport, but not really offering any further economic value other than their initial investment and the limited amount of time they come and spend in the country. Now, if you look in the context of somewhere like Switzerland or Barbados, where it's you can't buy a passport, we don't sell passports in Barbados and uh, Switzerland does not sell their passport either. It's, it's, a, it's a situation of where you need to come and establish yourself on, on the island, prove, uh, prove your value. Yeah. And, and become become a resident for several years. And after you're a resident, you could then apply for a citizenship. And by then you've been integrated into society. And on that note, and I think you're referring to the cantons that need to approve yeah. you before you get a citizenship in Switzerland. I, I think that's quite wise because that allows a person to be integrated into society and to become part of it rather than having an external force that's using a mechanism of capitalism to really brute force their way into that society's culture or um, becoming part of that society's way of life uh, through not integrating. 
And and I don't think that's and this is just a personal opinion. I, yeah, uh, I agree with you. I just don't think that's favor. I don't think that's favorable. People um, will be listening to the show and saying, "Well, that's not a fair society." But I I challenge those people to go look at the countries that have the best immigration policy that focuses on integration. Those countries have taken in more immigrants than the countries who don't care about integration. More oh, immigrants. Oh, absolutely. Germany, Sweden, all these places, uh, Netherlands, they take in so many, but they focus on that societal integration and cultural integration. It's very interesting how that works, especially in these but days Charlie, where... You know, it, what, what's interesting is that we are, we are seeing microcosms of this happening in micro societies that we're part of. If you're looking at some of those those groups and where uh, persons are being brought in, uh, are introduced to these private chat communities, and and they and they and they have to participate and become part of that community uh, in order to maintain a position in it. And what you notice is the ones that encourage that level of participation and involvement are the ones that people usually love the most. Uh, in the context, for example, of Alpha, uh, of that specific group in 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 how its 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 integration and involvement allows for a much higher participation and and interaction from its membership. You know, it's interesting because you've when I first started talking to you or chatting, uh, and then you you launched the first Caribbean Bitcoin exchange years ago. I think it was like in Barbados, uh, 2013. 2013. 2013. Yeah, 2013-14. And very quickly, you were able to do the things that a lot of us weren't really able to do is have access to your government. All Mm. of a sudden, I'd see you pictures with with your your prime minister and and your premier, sorry. Which one's accurate? Both, both, uh, and and, and both. So I think what you're alluding to is one of the cool parts about the Caribbean um is is which i think is a completely different topic at this point is the fact I know, that we're just weaving in and out of all these topics yeah okay. yeah i know we have a lot of talk to talk about charlie but um the cool part about the caribbean that i've always argued is that because of its small size you can access all the stakeholders uh to lay a foundation um in a collaborative way that allows for new types of innovations to take root and birth and the greater part about the caribbean is that usually if you had one stakeholder or one jurisdiction saying no, you had 20 plus others in a very small jurisdiction to hop yeah. around and say yes to. And if usually what, what happens, in, and this is factually the case, when you see one Caribbean jurisdiction doing something, it's almost like a domino effect, the rest do it. I mean, we don't have to look very far. We just have to look at something like central bank digital currency. Uh, Barbados... Uh, started making murmurs around it. Uh, Bahamas came up right after Eastern Caribbean, uh, now Jamaica, and and and, bef- and and right now, if you're looking at the 15 Caricom territories, 11 of those 15 Caricom de- territories are endeavoring to do a central bank digital currency. Um, that's more than 80. That's more than 60 to 80 percent of the Caribbean would be digitized on 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 a CBDC. You pioneered all that. It's and and but you what you do is I've noticed the way you like to do business is you like to start things and you like to hand them off to people that, you know, can run them with your legacy and your light touch. And that's kind of like how I like to do things, too. 
So therefore, there are all these projects and things that you've started and pioneered that are running around and still operating, continuing to grow and like excel. And I like sometimes you don't even want to talk about them because you don't want to take the credit away from those people. Like Bit. They're, yeah, they're, exactly. They're, um, I, I, I play a role in Bit where I'm and I'm, I guess, uh, uh, I wave a flag for the organization, but Brand um, ambassador. I, I, I'm not even an employee of the company, right? It's wave yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wave the Bitcoin flag power to the people. Uh, but the point is, is that, um, you know, there, there's a full team behind that. You know, oftentimes when, when people message about Alti, we know that Alti is Libra and that team and, and the mutual fund, digital asset capital management, that's Galvinator and their team, Richard Galvin, like, and and it's it's right in what you said. I, I I look for opportunities aligned with the right resources and skill sets because I I don't believe you can do anything alone, and I believe that there are smarter people in the room that you could you could you could work with to to build a collaborative endeavor that is something that's very very fruitful and and enjoyable for all parties involved. Do you think Do you think that um... Do you think that these some of these uh, projects could end up growing and being like a central part of of how the central bank digital currency ends up uh, being created? Could could Bit become one of the issuers? How do you see that really playing out? Um, the way I see the way I see Bit, uh, and try to be an unbiased perspective here, which is really not possible, I guess. But take a stab at it anyway. Is that the, the position that Bit is going after is being the trusted service vendor and supplier of software for central banks globally. And whether that software is an inter-central bank settlement system or the ability to issue your national digital currency, I, I imagine that within five years, Bit would own a major component of the central bank market share in the blockchain world. And it's wow. on track. It's on track to do that today. Um, but Bit itself won't own the networks. Those would be owned by the central banks, Charlie. And that was always the vision: is that uh, if there's going to be a network that's outside the purview of a central bank, then let it be a consensus math-driven one. If it's within the purview of a of a stable coin or a fiat currency. You need to rely on the monetary authority, the authority that has the capacity to issue and revocate and expand the money supply and set the rules around it. So we believed in building a bridge between that traditional world and the new world of digital currencies that we see coming around us, starting with Bitcoin. Because the past that was there uh, was just there. There's fiat currencies and then there's things like Bitcoin. There was no connection in the middle. So the future I see there is bit building out that bridge. Um, and the stuff that I'm doing around that is leading in a different vision that I have for the future I'd like to see around me. In the past, um, in the past, for thousands of years, in order to participate and be a pro-social member of society, you work, you contribute, you do physical things, you do services, you contribute to the society that you're in and the society pays you you know, whatever the currency of that society is, right? And that's kind of how the world spins and the world works. With digital currency now, and with Bitcoin and with crypto, and I don't know whatever term you want to use, we've seen such an advent of like, 
anytask.com or any of these sites, you know, gig working economies, we've seen the ability for, uh, and it's not just because of the currency aspect of it and, and the, the borders being broken down. We see a huge, huge aspect of like um, allowing people to join society in a much more fair and equal way because the society that they're joining, this crypto society, doesn't ask or doesn't care where you're from, your social caste, all these different things. Well, you, let's, let's think of okay. it. Let's think of it this way: what what blockchains enabling and providing the capacity to do is allowing one to express their freedom, and an expression of my freedom comes with the ability to participate, for example, in a global financial system. And Bitcoin gives us that capacity to do so. And the underlying technology, the blockchain, um, and the various components built around that environment are now starting to look at the various Internet of Things. And it's starting to look at the various governance models, whether that's the management of a WhatsApp group or the management of an enterprise company. At the end of the day, where we're getting to right now is to a position of where people are realizing that their capacity to voice their rights is now within their fingertips. And what I mean by that is people are realizing their true power. Society is starting to realize this globalization effort, the power in communication, the power in knowledge, and the power of information sharing. And this leads to where I think we're going to see a DAO-driven government in, in a future that we are living in, Charlie. I think that we're not too far away from seeing the DAO that we know, one of the most successful DAOs that we know today called Bitcoin, uh, eventually take root into enterprise, which we are already seeing, but then further than that, taking root into governance and society and the form of government. And I think that's where we're really getting to, to be honest. When when you think about what DAOs do, and this is kind of what my question was going to allude to, is, uh, and this it's actually perfect that you mentioned it because you've made it your life mission for sustainability and for people to be brought out of like poverty, right? So on both notes, like giving people that freedom and that power to not just feed their families but to show their expression, um, doing all that the. Uh, and then, and then utilizing DAOs, because I agree with you, the distributed autonomous organizations are going to be like our governance of the future. Could we ever see like DAOs provide services like healthcare to its users or absolutely. insurance products or absolutely. building the roads even? Like, uh, absolutely. Right? Well, that, that, that's the idea is that, is that if you look at what really capitalism is driven by, capitalism is driven by unit production, human labor and the production uh, efficiency behind that. And can, um, can we maximize the, or leverage that human output in various industries for maximum value, gain, or multiples? And that really is the, the, the onset of what capitalism drives. Uh, so if you look towards, uh, if you look towards the state driven system, uh, and, and start assuming, okay, this is the current way it has to work. Okay. The state has to provide in accordance with allowing people yeah. to have this society operating. Enter the age of general purpose robotics. General purpose robotics starts to say, okay, I can do everything a human can do with a level of efficiency greater, a level of output higher, 
and a cost that's significantly decreased. And when you start to look at the Starbucks and the McDonald's and the burger flippers and the baristas, yeah. baristas that can be replaced with robotics and I can get the perfect coffee and the perfect burger flipped every single time, right? And, and then that starts to translate into other industries such as plowing the field to planting the potatoes, to peeling them, to cooking them, to delivering them to the, to the doorstep. So it starts to challenge the notion of what really can society provide for the haves and the have-nots. And, and in that notion, uh, we can start challenging how we have to really uh, manage the resources around us and how we have to start removing ourselves from the capitalist infrastructure of managing society and towards one of consensus. That's where DAOs really take effect. And we are getting to that age right now, Charlie, where we're yeah. in the technology age where everything around us is becoming digitized, is becoming an IoT device, an IoT product, a digital asset, a digital token. And in some form or fashion, it's a programmable asset. They're, uh, it's making the world more efficient too, because like you just like in Canada, um, in Canada, flaring is illegal. So when, when, when natural gas uh, exporters, uh, they pump, they, 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 they find uh, natural gas in, in the ground and they pump it out, if they don't have a business plan of getting that gas to the market, they burn it in the US, they just burn it. Or in Canada, they just throw it away or they don't even pull it out. Now, what I, I was just talking to a guest the other day and what he's doing is he's building Bitcoin mining data, Bitcoin mining data centers next oh, door to where to these- capture the output of the energy. Exactly, because they're, he said these gas, and so I said to him like, who are you? you, you, know, like, you know, Bill Tai once argued that Bitcoin mining could bring an equilibrium to energy costs around the world. We've been saying it for years. And, 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 and it's in circumstances like this where you can actually see that um, start taking an offset where a grid needs to be built in some rural area of Africa uh, in the con- on the continent of Africa. And, and uh, the problem is, is that that amount of energy is too much for that rural area. But now the extra offset can be, can be taken up in capacity of Bitcoin mining. I'm really excited when I get to talk about projects and companies that have been around since the early days of crypto and supporting those projects. In many parts of the world, banking services simply haven't advanced at the same rate as the adoptions of smartphones and the internet. Uh, Africa, Southeast Asia, it's they're skipping entire financial services over, they're skipping people over, and they're not even building out that infrastructure until cryptocurrency. We all know this, we've been hearing about it for so long. Electronium, a company based in the UK, decided to build an entire ecosystem based off of financial inclusion, empowering people, getting them involved, not just by working and by earning, but also by spending and being part of that community. Anytask.com is a company that's powered by Electronium, over half a million users, and you have the ability to do all these freelance projects, earn money, earn their tokens, and not only just earn ETN, but also be able to spend it on all these different things. What's what's crazy is that, and what's crazy good is that it's a, any task is attracting not just crypto people, but actual talented freelancers that are willing to take ETN in return for doing all this work. It, it's literally created this whole uh, ecosystem. And the thing is, it's not been just like a new novel idea. It's been around for a while. They're doing it. They're growing every single day. They're doing uh, 
millions of dollars in transactions. You got thousands and thousands of different people on the platform offering different services. And you should go check it out. It's it's so cool. The staff are great. The people are great. Everyone on the platform is so cool. Uh, according to ETN Everywhere, their official merchant directory, uh, ETN can be spent in over, I think it's 2,000 physical locations and online locations worldwide. You're talking about uh, in 140 countries, mobile airtime, um, shops, TVs, all these different things, not just being able to spend it. And so check them out, Electronium, anytasks.com, support my sponsors. They're so cool and I'm excited for you guys to check it out. Oh my God, there are hundreds of blockchain projects out there, but one thing that unites them all is the need for power. Think about that. The the need for mining, uh, whether it's for staking or actual proof of work mining, they all need power. At the same time, many oil and gas projects, not crypto projects, but oil and gas companies, they're wasting the gas they extract because it's too expensive to pipe it to the market. So here we are, we have two problems and a perfect solution, Permian Chain places industrial grade data centers they're mining for bitcoin and crypto at these spots they can offer blockchain projects abundant processing at a reasonable price and that's what they do they're giving crypto asset miners an efficient way to to mine they're giving companies that need power to secure their blockchains the ability to have uh, resources and oil and gas companies get revenue it's so cool they think it's a neat way to get together. Make sure you check them out, permianchain.com or permianchain.com forward slash Charlie. What environmentalists don't realize is that Bitcoin is the is the prayer to their is the answer to all their prayers. Bitcoin finally, you have an you have a company that you have a, a something that needs efficient power that's not going to go out and divert power from hospitals and schools. Rather, it's going to find excess or create new power you know the problem is charlie is that is that people who don't understand the the accomplishment the potential accomplishments that bitcoin and and uh, will derive from its proof of work engine is is the 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 simple fact that they don't they don't realize the potential of change so they ignore they ignore the fact that the banking system and its it's ridiculous supercomputing energy behind that. They ignore the fact of the gold mining industry um, to uh, and the cost to smelt and process oh, yeah. uh, gold. They, they they ignore the fact of of what it costs to have inefficient IT systems that are burning up energy uh, that can easily be replaced by Bitcoin's trust and anchor and anchor system. And and the reality of it is. What they are seeing is energy output, but not, they're not seeing the efficiency that it will bring to global markets and thus a, a dramatic reduction in energy dependency. Do you think uh, this would ever like that would mainstream at some point? Do you think like power companies? Uh, yeah, of course. Would... Uh, it, 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 the thing is, you know, as long as the utility of Bitcoin continues to rise, and that utility is in the form of further adoption, for further hoarding, further utility and payments, I use Bitcoin at least once a day to make a payment to someone around the world. Um, and and the reality of that is, as long as that's maintained and the market share continues to grow with more and more of the population joining. 
the permissionless movement, I reckon that uh, power companies, miners, um, the bit furies of this world yeah. and the martial longs will continue to continue along their journey because there's an economic value in it from that output. And that's the reality of it is there, there's money to be made. I could see like Bitfury becoming its own electric utility, you know, in Canada, like a hub Easily, of man, they, were try- they were trying to make light bulbs. Bitfury was, was going after so many cool innovations there. Yeah. It, it, it's not, they were making, you remember their containers that they would I remember ship the containers. Who was that company that was trying to make the Bitcoin mining toasters? That was 21, uh, I think, or something like that. Yet, and they were trying to do the routers that had a Bitcoin Yeah, it was like Balaji before he joined. 21.co, and, it was, and yes. they raised hundreds of millions of dollars for it. And then um, I think Coinbase bought them out or someone. Anyway, um, the, the, the point is, is that I could very easily see that becoming a circumstance because a lot of these companies are in discussions with utility organizations and high net worth investors about solving these exact problems while merging them yeah. with the offset of cryptocurrency production. So in other, in other industries, um, we have our like LinkedIn's you have and other, other industries have their social meetups. They have their chat groups. They have their, you know, super secret membership clubs or their salons. They're all, all the industries have all these like uh, ways for executives and various people who work in that industry to extend their social credit to other people and make introductions that way further, further. You started such group. Uh, and I have to be careful because I don't want to get kicked out of the group that you started because if I talk about it, I know that the rules are you're not allowed to talk about the group. You started a group called the Alpha Group many years ago, which uh, almost every single person, every, almost every single executive of, of every company, of every every everything has either is currently a member or has been a member. Um, but unlike other groups, uh, you, you prune the group and you make sure people are uh, like with a light touch. Now, with the age of like Twitter moderation and you're seeing like crazy with the elections and political ads, how have you been able to keep the integrity mm. of that group mm. maintained all these years later? That's my yeah, question, because the know, group has seen its fair share of like people getting angry and people rage quitting and people fighting and trolling. Like we've seen all that. You, these are people who are, you know, top, running top, top individuals yeah, of our industry. You have, you have uh, uh, politicians in there. You have heads of state in there. You have like uh People who are in charge of sovereign wealth funds of their countries. You have crazy people in this group. Yeah. So, you know, as you know, Alpha was started several, several years ago at the very early stages of our crypto industry. And it was only started as a way just to keep tabs on what was going across uh, the globe um, with the relevant players that. We're doing it right because if you remember in the early days, there was so much BS. There was so much scams, the, yeah. the butterfly lab crap and the, the Mount Gox and the Cripsies and the, uh, I mean, the Havelock investments and the Neo All those things could and, have been prevented if all uh, the people involved were all, all, yeah. If the industry was there saying, hey, this isn't right, the same way the industry calls it out today. But um, they're also, so... It was started off as a way just so there could be a level of communication. And, you know, in our industry, it's about openness and about inclusiveness and about everyone joining. But the unfortunate reality is that encouraged such bad actors. And and I'm going to get to how we can get back there 
where we had to get to a level of where we went underground and where we can get back to where we become above ground again. Um, so remind me to get back there. But the point sure. is, is that uh, it was, you know, very difficult to play an almost Switzerland role in bringing in, you know, a, a billionaire versus uh, a, a head of state when they would, there would be a disagreement. And I'm getting a private message saying, kick that guy right now or I'm going to leave. And, and I mean, we've seen some of the, the bigger, the bigger blowouts between some of our leaders in, in the group. And managing that is quite difficult because you can't take a side. Uh, you have to be unbiased. Even if I think your cryptocurrency is an absolute shit coin, um, I can't take that position because that's my opinion. Hmm. And I took that approach in managing this group. But what that really did was, do you remember when I tried to switch it to, a consensus driven architecture. You, I remember you tried to, to switch it to that. You tried to, you tried to and step the members, back from and you that. guys and the we members all said no. and the, because I didn't want to be in a position where I had to make a decision on, on who to kick for some reason of them breaking a rule. Maybe one, one of our rules was breaking the law, break the law. You're gone. But that was um, consensus though. The consensus kept you. Yes. You see? Yes. I, I but 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 now hear me out on this. I, I've spent a significant amount of time thinking about that. And as you know, we built this Just have Kenley robot. do it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. This is better. We built that. You remember we built this stupid robot, Alti. Yes. And Alti was Not designed stupid, for yeah. us. Well, I, I I call it stupid robot. That's um uh, just just a fun play on 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 the robot. But the the desire is if we can get to a point where we can look at the group's consensus, uh, uh, place a key behind each person in that consensus, and then allow proposals for community management, we can almost start allowing this robot to become a consensus-driven admin that lets us see what society looks like on a DAO format, but in the form of WhatsApp or Telegram or Signal or Slack chats, where there's no more... CEO running his group or a Gabriel running alpha, but it's now the society running it where you think, where you think of the admins as your, your leaders and you think of a membership fee of the group as a tax, if there is a tax. And you can even think of what is, what is society's, um, currency and you can make a token against that. And then, okay, well, what backs that currency? Well, it's the community, the community's content, uh, the community's uh, bond, uh, the community's membership. And before you know it, uh, Alpha has taught me how I can take a stupid robot and, and build it into a, a, a tool for society's management, like a DAO. And it's, I, if you give me six more months, Charlie, I, I promise you, Alpha will see the first DAO, uh, towards that society's management. I remove myself as as the admin. Oh my god, this would be so cool! And then and then that that idea will spread to all sorts of groups where each member gets to submit a proposal on the inflation of the token, the membership cost, who should be allowed in, who should be voted, and all these proposals are now community driven. What does that look like when this game theory is applied to all? T right now is in tens of thousands of groups and nearly has a million eyeballs. What happens when this extends with tens of millions of users defining 
what their micro society should look That's like. That's the coolest thing. And what, what, what a lot of people don't realize, it, it's so, it, what, sorry, it's mind blowing. What people don't realize is that we're not just talking about like running the country or running a state. You have so many little microcosm societies. Think about homeowners associations, right? Like you live in a community of a few hundred houses. Uh, think about that running on a distributed autonomous organization where you don't have a, a board of, of old white guys who are telling you what to do. That's right. <laughs> that's and, where and, I live. And, and the cool part is, is, that, <laughs> is that a proposal can be generated by any user who's holding a key and we can set up staking walls yeah. where the bot can say, hey, you're a member of this group, but you haven't staked your group tokens. I'm going to kick you. And, and, and that could be a token could be value-based or it can be access-based. Like you said, a homeowner's association, it can be a board meeting of shareholders. It, it, it could be alpha where, where it's a, a community of, of the top players from around the world in, in the crypto industry, yeah. from the lawyers to the economists, to the heads of states, to the founders of certain blockchain companies and, or blockchain protocols. And it's how do you stop one person from being in control of that? And allow it to really be a, a society-driven thing, where it's it's not it's not centralized, but it's it's the many managing the all, and that's where we need to get to. It's it, it we need to get away from representative the democracy. The few ma managing the all, it's yes, the many representative democracy the all. is killing us, and we need to get to a point of where it's delegated direct democracy, or a situation where it's the many managing the all, and and that's what I believe this tool alt that this group alpha developed and remember who funded alti us yeah, just the group yeah and and it's it was built mostly donation based too and 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 it was only built with the idea of how do i solve this problem of taking this society and allowing these egos these billionaires these in some cases you know it's just a support guy as a member of 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 alpha because we want all walks of life how do i get everyone to have a fair say and allow this to be a, 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 a group that is truly driven by, by its pairs. In all your, uh, in all your travel and governing, in all your travel experiences and research, what styles of government do you see working today? Like the UAE style, the Barbadian style, the United States, like where do you- It's hard to say, it's hard yeah. to say because in I'm the curious. UAE, in the UAE, everything works so perfectly. When there's a decision from the top, there's no question that it happens. And you see a very beautiful and efficient uh, functioning society from that perspective. Uh, so, so yeah, for when example, when they make the decision to go blockchain, you will not find a country in the world moving faster in government towards blockchain uh, projects and technology-based projects than the United Arab Emirates government at this stage. Um, and, and that's simply because the decision has come from the top down. And that leads them to be a, a, a leader if they choose to be a leader, whereas a democratic society can say, we want to do this. And then you will have to debate it and discuss it. And decide yeah, but what on about it. those countries oh, that have similar style of, of governance as the UAE, but their their leaders are not well liked when you have no representation? So it's like a, well, that, when you have... It's like well, a, that's the thing. The, the, the UAE, people choose they, to live in the UAE, though, too, right? Like they choose to live. Well, they there provide a very safe society. You know, for yeah. when I when I moved to the United Arab Emirates, there was no thought of crime. There was no thought of someone mugging me at night while walking down the street, or 
if I left my wallet on a, on a, on a counter coming back, an hour later, my wallet will still be there. That's literally the United Arab Emirates. That place is insanely safe. And you don't see police, you don't see any weapons or anything like that. So, so it, 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 it's, it's hard to say, you know, uh, when you have, when you have a, a non-democratic state, is that better or worse than a democratic state where you have the United States, where I can list a handful of places that if I go, yeah. I'm going to get shot or, or, or robbed or mugged in a Everywhere. second. Yeah. So, so which one is better? The, the so land self sovereignty the- is 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 what you're saying. Like we as humans, we should decide the society that we live in. So let's just say a hundred well, of at us. The best, let's look at my favorite society, Charlie. Okay. If you're going to ask me about societies and of my walks of life across the world, you know, I don't really, I don't, I don't. My favorite society in the world, my favorite country to live in, and the one that I've probably spent the most time in my life is the internet. I enjoy being a citizen of the internet. And that is my favorite country because I have the freest uh, uh, capacity to enjoy all of my rights in this place called the internet, especially if I know how to um, enact my rights through the goodness of mathematics in the form of encryption. And, And that to me... The only reason that we can do that, I agree with you, is because everyone who uses the internet, including every president, every communist dictator, they all want the same. They all want the integrity of the internet. But we're all equal. So we're all equal Your on the voice, internet. Exactly. Maybe you have more of a voice, a more influential but that's coverage what I'm on social at. You're media. Right. We're all equal. But I get same to type the same, the same amount of text words in the same form that you do, and I get to have my say, and I'm not silenced, depending on the censor base. Yeah, system depending that on the censor. <laughs> <laughs> there's the always a little bit of censorships and you have to there's yeah yeah so I, I i come from that level of thinking where i personally think in this day and age where we're meant to be a conscious society that is living in the age of technology that we're actually so goddamn backward it's infuriating that we still have these things called borders and 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 we still force people into into um, groups, pigeonhole societies and groups and we still label them man i'm a citizen of the internet and i enjoy living there and i wish to see a future where where that actually becomes the only country that we need to observe citizenship in what are you working on now what are you doing now that is motivating you to get up every day not like in general but specifically this week uh okay well, that you can I'm- talk about I, okay, yeah, I could probably say this at this point. So my, my whole business career and academic life and uh, my social and, and philanthropist-based outputs have always wanted to lead me in a direction of where I, 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 I want to build what I think is really going to make the truest of changes in society. It's not a CBDC or um a, a governance model of a, a, a chat group it's where i believe a, a government's going to get to a dow infrastructure mm. and throughout the last three to four years of my life i've been making investments and founding companies and positioning partners and strategic and team members in these organizations that are leading towards a government's capacity to become a decentralized autonomous organization 
allowing its citizen base to have a true consensus-driven um, voice in that society's operations and mandate. And everything I'm doing right now is under is going to be under a new flag wow. of a company that I haven't launched yet, but it would be under the domain abed.com, which is my last name, Alpha Bravo Echo Delta. Wow. And um, so look out for abed.com oh, in a few months. crazy. But just know that my, my, my goal is taking what I've learned in inventing central bank digital currencies on distributed ledger technology, taking what I've learned with Alti and its microcosm of society, DAO management, taking what I'm learning in my new investments in regulatory technology. And I'm hoping that each of these foundation blocks will lead to the point where one of these Caribbean territories, which I believe stand to be the perfect nation of the future, will become that utopia that we can all look towards, where as a citizen of this nation, I truly get to enact the truest of my ability to be a free citizen. I love it. A free person. Thank you so much for for taking the time and, and coming on the show today. Very powerful episode. We need to to keep everyone updated and have you on in a month or two when you could talk more about it. Give me six months, Charlie. Six months. I'll come back. Thank you. So right now it hasn't launched. Let's see where we are in six months.